welcome to Phaeology, the study of Fire Emblem heroes. This is Grepstein, and I'll be your Phaeologist today. So today I wanted to give you a quick analysis of Groom Marth, who's the most recent reward unit in Tempest Trials. So today I'm going to be going through his stats, skills, matchups, and I'll give you my rating of him at the end of the episode. So Groom Marth, finally we got an alt of Marth, and finally we have a groom to go with all of the brides that we've gotten in the game. Groom Marth, as I mentioned, he's the most recent Tempest Trials reward, so you can get him at four stars, as well as at five stars. He's actually only the fifth Axe Cavalier that we got in the game after Titania, Frederick, Gunter, and Spring Alphonse. His BST is 157, but it doesn't matter too much because he's a Tempest Trial reward unit, so he has limited merging potential. His level 40 neutral stats without a weapon are 40 HP, 31 attack, 36 speed, 30 defense, and 20 resistance. So he's the fastest axe cavalier at neutral IVs, but if you pulled a Spring Alphonse or a Titania that's plus speed, then they'll be a little bit faster than him. His attack is on the lower side for Axe Cavaliers at 31 without his weapon. Only Titania is weaker than he is of the Axe Cavaliers, but she comes with an Emerald Axe, and that helps her out quite a bit against blue units. His spread of high HP, slightly above average defense, and low resistance is pretty typical of most of the other green Cavaliers other than Titania. Uh, Groom Marth, he comes with a new weapon called Ardent Service Plus. In Japanese, it's called the Cake Server of Love. So I actually like that name a little bit better than Ardent Service Plus, which doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Uh, Ardent Service Plus has 14 might, and it works a lot like Ninian's Fresh Bouquet Plus weapon, except instead of the speed effect that Ninian's weapon has, uh, Grumarth's weapon has an attack effect, so it gives Hone Attack 2 to any allies that are adjacent to Marth, and it gives him plus 4 attack when he has an ally adjacent to him. So it's not really a bad effect at all. Uh, it's probably not worth inheriting this axe to another unit, though, unless you're going for some sort of a meme utensil emblem type of team. So just like Bride, Ninian comes with Drive Speed as her C-slot skill, which synergizes pretty well with her Tome speed buffs that are built in. Groomarth comes with Drive Attack, so that can stack up with his Axe to give plus 7 attack to units that start off a turn next to him and end up doing combat within two spaces of him. Groomarth is also the first unit in the game to unlock Drive Attack at four stars, so you might be interested in inheriting Drive Attack to another unit from your four-star copy of Marth if you like. Though do keep in mind that we did get Drive Attack as a Sacred Seal not too long ago, and that doesn't require you to sacrifice any units. So one nice thing about Drive Skills is that they do stack up on top of themselves, so you could give Groomarth or any other unit the same drive C, uh, C slot skill, so you could give Marth drive attack as well as the drive attack sacred seal, or you could fodder drive attack to another unit and also give them the drive attack sacred seal, and then they'll be able to boost another unit by plus six attack or whatever uh, drive skill that you have on their C slot. Right now we only have, uh, let's see, drive defense, drive attack, 
as our two sacred seals drives, uh, for drive skills. So we're still waiting on the other two, but we'll probably get those in not too long. So Marth also comes with a dual rally skill. He comes with rally speed defense, and he's the second unit with rally speed and defense after Oscar. I think dual rally skills are really good, obviously, for arena scoring. And I think it goes without saying, though, that you shouldn't be sacrificing Marth for this rally skill because Oscar is much more easy, easily summonable at three stars. He learns it at four stars. So I wouldn't sacrifice your only other copy of Marth for a rally skill like that. And then the last skill that Groom Marth comes with is Wings of Mercy, which he comes with on his B-slot skill. So Wings of Mercy, as you know, is a great skill for dancers and singers. It's also a great skill for Grand Conquest units to have. Uh, I probably wouldn't keep Wings of Mercy on as his B-slot skill unless you're using him in Grand Conquests, or if you really just don't feel like investing in Marth at all. So thinking about how you might want to build Gru Marth on a budget, keeping Ardent Service Plus as his weapon, I would also keep Drive Attack as his C-slot skill, because it's a pretty good skill, and 5-star limited aside from the, the 4-star copy that you get of him. So in general, I think he's going to be best with Reposition as his assist skill, unless you're using him in the arena and trying to score highly, then you could keep his Dual Rally skill. And then for his special, you can either go with Moonbow or Bonfire. Uh, it's, Bonfire is going to hit more consistently for higher amounts of damage, but Moonbow is going to trigger uh, more quickly, obviously. So it's a tough, tough call. <clears throat> excuse me, a tough call between those two options. Uh, for his A slot skill, I think Fury is probably the best budget option for his A slot. And for his B-slot skill, I think Lance Breaker or Axe Breaker are two good options for him. Though, if you do choose to refine his Ardent Service Plus weapon, I would probably go for Speed as his refinement. And if you do refine it with Speed, uh, then I would say that Desperation would be a pretty good skill to put on his B-slot, since uh, you'll get his speed up above 40 which would be pretty good, and you'll be able to double a lot of units with that. The other time you might give him Desperation is if you give him Life and Death as his A-slot skill, then you can also get his speed up above 40 with that skill. So let's take a look in the Mass Duel Simulator at how Groomarth does. So for the first build that we'll look into, let's take a look at how Groomarth does with Ardent Service Plus with a Speed Refinement. I'm going to give him Moonbow, because it's going to improve his dueling matchups a little bit over Bonfire. And Fury as his A-slot skill, and Lancebreaker as his B-slot skill. And I'm going to give him Attack plus 3 as his Sacred Seal. So let's look at how he does first in the player phase with this build. And so for this build, I'm going to tell you how he does with Ardent Service... Uh, the attack boost that he gets if he has that active, as well as how he does without it active. So without Ardent Service, the uh, plus four attack that he can get if he has an ally next to him, if he doesn't have that active in the player phase, he wins 44% of his matchups when he attacks the enemy first. With Ardent Service, the plus four attack then he's going to win 51% of his matchups in the player phase. So that's pretty nice. Uh, he gets a 7% boost 
when he has that ardent service uh, attack boost active. And when he has that, the plus four attack from ardent service plus, then he's going to be every single blue unit, which isn't too surprising because I gave him Lancebreaker as a skill. So he's going to do his job really well when he has Lancebreaker. And he beats 40% of green units and 25% of red units. And he wins 89% of matchups against colorless units. The only two ranged units who are able to beat him in a duel are Winter Tharja and Halloween Jacob. So he turns out to be pretty good against a lot of the ranged units in the game. He's able to beat a lot of them in one round. He has a lot more trouble with melee units, and one of the reasons for that is probably that a lot of them in the game are sword units. So he's working against the weapon triangle uh, a lot of the time against melee units. Against dragons and this Lancebreaker build, he's able to take out all of the blue dragons as well as Fey, but he loses out to the rest of the green dragons and all of the red dragons. So overall, with this type of a build, with Lancebreaker and Fury and Moonbow, he's able to take out most of the units that you would want him to, all of the blue units. He's going to do okay against green units and not so good against red units, which is more or less how you would expect and want a green unit to do. So now let's take a look at how he does with this same build when the enemy attacks him first in duels. So going back and looking at how he does without that plus four attack from Arden Service when it's not active, he wins 47% of his matchups. So it's actually slightly better than how he does in the player phase uh, when he initiates combat uh, without Ardent Service, uh, the attack boost that he gets from that. With Ardent Service's attack boost, he's going to win 58% of duels that begin in the enemy phase. So that's even better than how he does in the player phase again. So that's actually the best is when he has Ardent Service active and when he's first attacked in the enemy phase. So again, not a single blue unit is going to be able to beat him. Uh, Lancebreaker makes him a really good arena assault counter for blue units. So I would say if you want to, if you're planning on using him as a really good arena assault unit, then I think Lancebreaker is absolutely the way to build him. If you want to try to use him for other game modes, then Lancebreaker might not be as good for him as Axebreaker. So why don't we take a look and see how he does with Axebreaker instead of Lancebreaker. And I'm going to keep the rest of his build the same. So changing Lancebreaker to Axebreaker, he wins 52% of matchups in the player phase uh, with Arden Service's attack boost. And for the rest of these uh, outcomes, I'm not going to mention how he does without the Arden Service attack boost. So I'll just assume that you're making the most out of his weapon and getting that attack boost for the rest of these builds. So again, he wins 52% of matchups in the player phase, which is just slightly better than how he does with Lancebreaker. It's a negligible difference. It's like one or two extra KOs that he gets with Axebreaker as compared with Lancebreaker. And when we actually break things down and see which units he does better or worse against with Axebreaker, so with against blue units, he only loses out to Brave Lucina and Effie. So that's really the only sacrifice about taking away Lancebreaker is he's not going to be able to beat them anymore. It's not a huge loss for ditching Lancebreaker, in my opinion. 
And by putting on Axe Breaker in the player phase, it helps him double and KO Camilla and Minerva. So also not too big of a benefit by adding on Lance Breaker. It's two units that he does that he's not able to KO and two units he is able to KO. So it's kind of an even trade-off, and it just depends on which of those units you're going to face more often. So I, I think at least in the player phase, it's hard to really make a, a choice between Lance Breaker and Axe Breaker, so either one can be good. Let's take a look at the enemy phase now. And in the enemy phase with Axe Breaker, Groomarth gets 59% of KOs. So... That's 1% better than how he did in the enemy phase with Lancebreaker. Again, not a huge difference, and it's really kind of a, a coin flip about which one of those two skills would be better. So I would say, again, if, if you really want to use him in Arena Assault, I think Lancebreaker is going to be better. It's going to make him better against the matchups that he's already good against, so you'll have a little bit of a safety net when you go against those units in Arena Assault. If you're using him in other modes, then it doesn't really make too big of a difference. And either one will be a pretty good skill for him, I think. So another skill that you might think about giving him is Desperation. And so you can do that. And let's see, um, when we compare how he does with Desperation as compared with Axebreaker or Lancebreaker... And I'm also going to give him a minus one cooldown charge and 12 damage just to simulate that the fact that he's already been in a combat. Because with Moonbow, if, if you start off with the normal two cooldown charge with Moonbow equipped in Desperation and have him attack first with Desperation, he's not going to trigger Moonbow at all because he's attacking twice in a row. So there are some times where having Desperation actually can kind of hurt a unit or maybe it's just an even trade-off getting in two attacks but not triggering a special. So again, let's assume that his special is going to be triggering on the second attack here. And when we compare how he does with Desperation Equipped as compared without it equipped, he beats Fear, Dorcas, Male Grima, Winter Lissa, and Sheeta. Uh, and those are units that he wouldn't have beaten with 12 damage already on him without Desperation. So it looks like Desperation helps him KO five or six more units that he wouldn't have killed otherwise. So not a huge difference. Uh, I, I think that Desperation, Axebreaker, Lancebreaker, all three of those skills are in the conversation for which one you might want to put on him. So let's mess around a little bit with his A-slot skill. Let's go back to Axebreaker and take a look uh, we, we looked at Fury before as his A-slot skill. Let's see how he does with some other skills like Death Blow, Swift Sparrow, and Life and Death. So looking at Death Blow and just looking in the player phase, he has a net gain of one more KO with Death Blow than what he got with Fury. So again, not a huge difference in the player phase. In the enemy phase, though, he loses out on 12 KOs and he dies 12 more times in the enemy phase with Death Blow equipped. So he's going to be better in the player, slightly better in the player phase, one more KO, definitely worse in the enemy phase. But he doesn't have that six uh, damage recoil from Fury as he does with Death Blow. So I know sometimes people don't like putting Fury on their units, especially if you're planning on using Groom Marth in Tempest Trials, then it might help his. Uh, his sustainability, his survivability, 
by giving him a skill like Death Blow instead and trying to avoid taking hits in the enemy phase. So if we switch over to Swift Sparrow, he gets three more KOs with Swift Sparrow than he does with Fury in the player phase and has three fewer deaths. Uh, but he's going to have the same outcome in the enemy phase as he did with Death Blow, since neither of those are active in the enemy phase. So I don't think he's a unit that you would really want to consider for Swift Sparrow, because it just doesn't make a huge difference in how many KOs he's going to get. Um, I think Death Blow could be a good choice for him if you're using him in Tempest Trials. Outside of Tempest Trials, I think Fury is probably the skill that makes the most sense, that, and it tends to be a little bit easier to pull than Death Blow, getting it from a Klein or another unit that gets Death Blow at five stars. So quickly, let's take a look at Life and Death and see how he does with that in his A slot skill. So in the player phase, he improves his KOs by two over Fury when um, he has Lancebreaker equipped, but it actually makes him a bit weaker in the player phase when he has Axebreaker equipped. So I think, you know, that's some things to think about in terms of what sort of a build you might want to go with. So I've built Groomarth to be an Arena Assault counter for blue units. So I've given him Fury and Bonfire and Lancebreaker, but I think there's a lot of different ways to build him, and you know that can make a unit fun to, to play around with and try some different skills out and to see how they do in different game modes. So I think if you're using him in Tempest Trials, you might want to try out Death Blow uh, or potentially Attack Plus 3 could be another A-slot skill you might want to go with that can be a little bit easier to get than Death Blow. And for his B-slot skill, uh, rather than Wings of Mercy, you might want to consider Renewal. So if you have that fodder from a four-star Fey or uh, Larachal, then I think either of, those, either of those skills could be good for him in Tempest Trials, whereas they're not as good in some other game modes. And I, th I think just in general, Renewal can be a great skill in Tempest Trials and pretty much any unit, so it's always good to save up any extra phase that you pull. So if you're using Groomarth on a cavalry team and trying to give him some emblem buffs, obviously you're going to want to put his C-slot skill and try to make it uh, one of the cavalry buff skills. And then I would also consider replacing his weapon with either a slaying axe, a giant spoon, or potentially another seasonal weapon of your choice, because that's going to stack better in a cavalry team than his weapon, which is going to give plus four uh, attack to him and adjacent units, which isn't, it's not going to overlap with the visible buffs that you can get from Hone Cavalry. So I don't think that's going to be worth it for him. So taking a look at how Groom Marth is rated by some of the different tier list sites. So Gamepedia has placed Groom Marth in the B tier, and he's in the same tier as units like Frederick and Barst but he's above Gunter and below other Axe Cavaliers like Titania and Spring Alphonse. Game Press has placed Grumarth in the third tier, so they've tied him as the best Axe Cavalier in the game with Spring Alphonse and Frederick, but above Titania and Gunter. And it actually looks like they've done away with their unit ratings in the last day or so. So it looks like they're just using tiers to rate units from here on out. So that's interesting. So I haven't used Groomarth a ton. I've leveled him up and I've given him some skills. 
But I think I would give him a 3.5 out of 5 rating with his Ardent Service plus weapon. Uh, I haven't refined his weapon, but I think obviously he's going to get a bit better if you are able to give him that speed refine. Uh, a defense refine wouldn't be a bad idea either for him to make him a little bit stronger in the enemy phase. And if you're using Bonfire, that'll make his special a little bit stronger as well. So of the Axe Cavaliers, personally, I like Spring Alphonse the most of them. And I think I, I have Frederick built right now with a Slaying Hammer. And he does a fantastic job of destroying armor units in Arena Assault for me. I also like Titania a lot, too. I keep her with her Emerald Axe. And I think you know she does a great job dominating blue units in Arena Assault or even in other game modes and story maps or uh, chain challenges, she does a lot of work for me as well. I would rate Grumarth as below Spring Alphonse and below Frederick, but I would put him at the same level as Titania and obviously above Gunter, who's a pretty weak unit. Game Press says that Grumarth's optimal build will have him use a Slaying Axe and Bonfire as a special with Swift Sparrow and Desperation. And I think that sounds like a pretty solid build to me. But as I mentioned, Swift Sparrow, you, you might not necessarily need Swift Sparrow. You might be able to build him to be just about as strong with Death Blow or Fury even. So I think either of those can probably substitute for Swift Sparrow without losing too much. So I think that Grumarth would probably be a little bit better with a Slaying Axe over his Ardent Service weapon if you're willing to invest more into him. But he does lose out some ability to support other units, and he does lose out on um, the ability to get plus four attack if he has a unit adjacent to him. So overall, I'd say that Grumarth, I think he's a pretty solid unit. He's one of the few Axe Cavaliers that we've gotten in the game. So if you either haven't gotten a chance to build up some of the other Axe Cavaliers or haven't gotten lucky to get one at five stars, or if you just really like Marth, then, and, and I know a lot of people do really like Marth, then I think he's a pretty good choice to build up and he can put in a lot of good work for you. So uh, I'm going to leave this episode here, but if you guys have any questions or comments for me, please feel free to send me an email at grepsteinfeh at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you guys. And thanks for listening and for all of your support. Take care.